Here we go. Season 7. If you missed it, here's what we believe. 66-book canon. We believe in a 66-book canon. There is no more. There is no less. It's 66 books. That Yeshua, who is preached by the apostles in the Gospels and in the epistles, is the only means of salvation, as we are calling Yeshua, means. In other words, justification is by faith alone and not by works that any man should boast. Faith working through love. We are unashamedly Trinitarian. We're also unashamedly uh, doctor, believe in the doctrines of grace, what is commonly referred to as Calvinistic. The, the new covenant is not time bound. That is to say that the, the horizon of the faith of our father Abraham is no different Right. No, no, it is not shy of the horizon of our hope and our faith. In other words, the, that salvation was salvation was the same for Abraham as it is for us. Right. It's Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. This is Messiah Matters, number three, two, three. Ready to eat way too much. My name is a Caleb Haig. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, Caleb. This is Rob. You know, I was just realizing yes. that I've listened to this intro song so many times. It reminds me of that 80s song from Queen, Another One's Bites of Dust. Boom, oh, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. I Queen. think they, I think they, uh, stole that. They ripped it. Well, don't tell anyone. So there's that. Yeah. How's it going, man? Back for another show. And normally we would be talking. I, I have my Bible verse for today. We'd be recapping the ETS and SBL this week normally. Okay. Go ahead. What's your Bible verse? We would. Or we'd be <clears throat> exhausted and punting for a week. Psalm 11968. Tov That is, you are Tov. You are good. Tov And you do good. Teach me your statutes. Yeah. That whoever wrote that's ready to learn. He loves God. Yes. He's like, God, you're awesome. Teach me something. Teach me what I need. Guide me. It's interesting you, you bring that, my steps. You yeah. bring that up because I, I think that every I think every believer, every person at some point in life goes through kind of like, I don't know, maybe midlife crisis is a good term for it, but kind of like taking stock of, you know, your life, what's it all worth? What's you know, what am I doing here? These kind of things. And then then the other thing that every believer goes through is am I good enough? You know. Well, you know, am I truly saved? Am I good enough? Which the answer is no, you're not good enough. That's why it's by grace anyway. But like the midlife crisis, and I, and I thought, you know, after all, a lot of thinking of like, okay, what's, you know, what am I doing? You know, is this the path that I need to be on? All these kind of things. I started reading Ecclesiastes. Boy, that guy had a midlife crisis if I've ever, ever heard one. (laughs) It's all vanity, man. It's all a vapor. It's all floating away. Anyway, I love, yeah, he's got some really great things to say in that book. Super wise. But it's the same kind of thing, like ready, just like at the end of it, right? He's like, the end, when all is said, love God and keep his commandments for this is like the goal of life. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's essentially it. Torah Adam or something yeah. like this is the law for man. Yeah, um, yeah, God is good. Yep. Are we interested in the things of God? Yeah, exactly. And if you are, 
then you've got your priorities. You're right? on the if, right. Well, you're on you, the right path. Yes. Yeshua says, "Seek first the kingdom." Right. That's our duty. Exactly. Okay. Well, we got so much to talk about today. I got it. I got it. I'm tell excited you. to hear what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Caleb and I we had a chat the other day and we 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 had the ideas. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And then all the other so much stuff has happened since right then. Out the I, window. So this is just like Yeah. Fresh for me. It's for, fresh. So people are gonna notice on our YouTube, like on the YouTube video, I've changed our logo uh down in the right hand corner. That's to encourage people to subscribe. There's a huge red subscribe button now. So click cool. that. Um, of course, as always, we'll do the same old thing and tell you to give us a call, 253-465-3205. We base a lot of our show on phone calls and emails and, of course, YouTube comments. And um, we don't really – you run the Facebook page. I usually do the – yeah, I field the questions on there. So for those who don't know, I run the YouTube page for Messiah Matters. Rob runs the Facebook page for Messiah Matters. And then I usually field all of the uh, the comment line. Like I listen to all the comment line comments and kind of pick what I think is, you know, sometimes people uh, talk about things, but they it's it's hard to know how it would really work to talk about it on the show. So um, sometimes those get edited out or, you know, yeah, anyway. So that's what I do. And then I share them with Rob. And then how many, how many uh, because I'm thinking we're at the end of season seven here. That's right. And at some point we need to kind of, we need to have a new look for season eight. Like that's correct. Like season eight is like new eight is like a new week begins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was telling Rob this morning before we came on air, I said, uh, I think that our show is really becoming an actual show now. <laughs> yeah, I think in, I think season eight is like is, is the beginning actually, of the is be, the beginning of the show. The reason we've why had a week of years to practice. That's right. We we <laughs> rebranded. Well, we kind of rebranded and we did rebrand. We rebranded. We were, actually, I thought three about three years the, ago. Wait with, a minute. Yeah, was that about three, four years two, ago? No, it was like two or three years ago because we've I think we've had a hundred. Well, we did five seasons. No, I, did we do five seasons as Rob and Caleb show? Well, I can tell you this. We restarted at show 200. We were the Rob and Caleb oh. show, and we restarted on show 200 as Messiah Matters. We're currently at 232. Or no, 323. Gotcha. 323, I'm backwards. So, so yeah. yeah, that was it. after about four years. Right. Four times 50, roughly, is about 200. So at about four, we did four years Rob and Caleb show. We're finishing our third year as Messiah Matters. I think we want to keep Messiah Matters. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Uh, And this means that uh, Mr. Gonzalez is going to have to design some uh, some love for the coffee. I'm sure he's listening. So jump on it, brother. (laughs) Um, Well, since we've been talking, since we've been talking about the old show, the old branding of the show, which was the Rob and Caleb show. Um, let's, let's, let's reminisce a little more. Why do you hate the Rob and Caleb show? Honestly, I think they're vain, (laughs) stupid, and incredibly (laughs) self-centered. Dude, some of the old sound clips are just muddy, man. They're so good. Do you have the loudmouth and the hoff? Uh, I do have loudmouth and the hoff. I just the thing about it is, is that my I got to find everything because unfortunately my um all my sounds are kind of just all over the place. Uh, the hoff goes off. I found that. Okay, so, loudmouth. Uh, oh, here we go. And the hoff. There's one of them. Yeah, that that's was, yeah, that's a slightly different take. It was a different take, yes. So I don't know, if, but you know, there's other. Our our soundboard has really kind of gone. You know, we've we've really toned down the soundboard, but there are some really good sounds on here. Uh, let's see here. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Do you still have the Hoff goes off music? Oh, I do. Yeah. We don't got it. It ain't holy. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul Archer in the chat room. Oh, hi, chat room, by the way. And thank you so much for being there. <laughs> hi, y'all. Um, 
So Paul in the uh, chat room says, do you guys think you'll all have guests on your show again? The answer, the answer to that Good is question. probably not. There's a slight reverb to the sound to, uh, sound bites. Uh-oh. Uh, that's because they're coming through twice. I know why that is. Okay, I'll try to fix that. Okay, for anyway, next time. Um, yeah, that's for another time. Um, the reason that we don't have guests on this show is because we had guests on the show that uh, went to jail. <laughs> no, I mean, like, sorry. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is a true statement. Um, hey, yeah, it just so, is what it is. <laughs> there's, I mean, yeah, but there was other there was other people who uh, that we had on this show um, who we realized after uh, after a couple years that they were teaching heresy, like blatant, outright heresy. Not and we this is like moves into the fringianic. They weren't even Hebrew roots. They weren't even messianic. They were like fringianic problems. But Caleb, you Caleb has been a featured interviewee on a couple other programs. So yeah, I, I kind of just turned the tables. I don't. Well, here's the thing: is that I don't mind going on to other people's shows and talking. What I mind is when we give people a platform. And we give traffic to another person who ends up denying foundational truths of the faith. In other words, when we have someone on our show and then, you know, people go over to their website to check them out. And it turns out that they're denying the, the Trinity and trying to make cases on why the Trinity is, is, uh, is not biblical. Uh, I, I do not want that in any way. You know, it's Ak Shapiro wanted to come on this show. And talk to us about Metatron. And it's like, why would I give you a platform to blaspheme the name of my Messiah? That uh, There's just absolutely no way I'm going to do that. Um, and there's been others. We get a lot of people uh, saying, can I come on to your show? We got one just this last week. I'd like to come on to your show and talk about XYZ. And the general answer 99% of the time is going to be no. Now, I mean, if you get somebody like a Craig Keener who says, I'd like to promote my book, we might think about it. Um, I know Craig, I, I let me be a little bit more respectful. I'm sorry. I know Dr. Keener, and we talk uh, at least once a year. If Daniel Wallace came on, I would be, I mean, if Daniel Wallace wanted to come on and talk about his, his website done. and the work done. that he's doing, yeah. done. Because that's not even of a theological nature. That's more of a manuscript, you know, and... Absolutely. I'm down for that. Um, there's other people that I would love to talk to. You know, uh, N.T. Wright, if N.T. Wright came on, I would have some very specific questions. And I've in, I've interviewed Dr. Wright before. Um, but if, you know, if he wanted to come on this show, I don't know why in the world he would want. I don't know why. I, I, I would just be like this listening to his voice. <laughs> I don't I don't really know why anyone would want to come on to this show except for to tell us that we're heretics. Um, but, you know, N.T. Wright. If N.T. Wright for some reason was like, oh, yes, those fine chaps. You know, I, I can't do an accent, you know, but like, oh, yeah, I want to go talk to those guys for some reason. Um, then I would probably have, yes, Paul in the chat room says Ryan Reeves. I would bring Ryan Reeves onto this show in a heartbeat. And the reason why is because Dr. Reeves is uh, probably my favorite church historian Possibly of all times, and he's still alive, and he's like around my age. And he Caleb is. actually has a, a poster of him at home. <laughs> if I could get a poster of Doctor Reeves, <laughs> he'd be right there behind you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that guy. Hey, you, you, what happened to your Mister Business uh, poster? You used to have like a big poster behind you here. Oh yeah, yeah, my, the artwork. You mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I still have the artworks over there. Oh, just move to the other side. What you can't see off camera is the state of my office, which is a Kraken flag hanging on the wall. And the art that you're talking about was actually given to me by my wife. Cool. Um, who all have you had? Well, let's see here. It depends if you include Dr. My Michael Brown. Yeah, Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown, Brant Petrie are two that I think no. were good. Petrie was by far the best interview yeah. we've ever I've ever yeah. conducted. It was great. Rob and I... Uh, interviewed Averbeck. Oh, did uh, did we have Chris Tilling on? Chris Tilling was also awesome, yeah. I yes. think we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We talked about his book. It was awesome. Yeah, so yeah, there. those were those are easy. Yeah, easy, the, the, my faves. Yeah. 
beginning that goes of way back. Yeah, that we're talking way, way back. Beginning of wisdom is in our chat room right now. Thanks for being there. And he says, uh, I appreciate you coming on my show, Caleb. Let's do it again soon. I, I actually was thinking of you just the other day because your email is still in my inbox, which means if your email is in my inbox, it means that I need to get back to you. So, yes, let's do it again. Okay. This is all good and fun, but let's actually get into some uh, some of the issues. We've been talking for fifteen minutes, and we haven't we have more issues. We haven't to talk. said anything. We haven't said anything. Well, and we cited we cited a psalm. That's true. Tov atah. That's everybody can say that. Tov atah. Tov That's you say that to God, of course. Okay. Last week in the chat room, I want to I want to jump on this real quick because Yeshua says in he, the chat room, good. God is good. It was in the chat room, and therefore, um, we'll just. I don't know who said this. But let's address it. It's they. We were talking about the tabernacle in he- heaven per Hebrews. In the chat room, there's this comment. If the tabernacle is a copy of the one in heaven, then there must be animal sacrifices, right? You mean in the temple in heaven? No, there was only one sacrifice, and that sacrifice is once for all time. The heavenly temple only has one sacrifice in it, and that sacrifice is the blood of Christ. There are not continue, and this is one reason that Christ says, actually, he says, I will not eat of it until I eat it with you in the in the kingdom. He, I am a very firm believer. I wrote my thesis on this. Um, I'm a very firm believer that he's talking about the Passover meal. I don't believe he is instituting the communion as uh, the church ha- has it today. Um, and I know that that is a very uh, controversial. I've, I've been laughed at literally at ETS and SBL for that, um, for that suggestion, but it's. Yeah, it's, you've been laughed at for other reasons too. There's we, a lot we, of reasons we, I've been we, laughed at. <laughs> yes, that this is true. You know, I, I'm thinking also, you know, Paul says in Romans 12, like, we, you know, the believer, we, we're to be renewed in our minds, but we, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy, right. Unto God. And that is not on the temp. That's not for the earthly temple. And so that is a, there is such thing as a spiritual sacrifice, but along the lines of what you're saying, Caleb, it's not, it's not an animal. It's your, it's your loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, a life, a life of worship of God, where your priorities are the things that God loves, the things that God, uh, that please God. And the core of that is faith, the gift of, which is a gift. And that's our new creation life. And that's that's who we are in Christ. That's who we are in Messiah. And the life we live still in the flesh then, in a life of worship in this world, is a kind of sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, but not in the earthly tabernacle. So uh, anyway, just thought I'd add that as an extended footnote. Well, this the, the person goes on and says, and the priest would be the angels. No. There is only one priest in the heavenly tabernacle as well, right? And that would one, be that one would be, high priest. Yeah, yeah that'd be Yeshua. So, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to mark that as talked about and done. Let's move on. So there is one email, and here's the thing: is that I want to get to this email so bad that I think we should just go to it now. Okay, that's fine with me. And this is our main topic, by the way. Um, actually, let's let's start with a different one because it ties in to it ties into the main email. Maybe we need a main topic little interlude song. Main topic. Here, Rob and Caleb getting to the I'm, I'm main gonna, topic. I'm going to leave that for just you. Just so listeners know. Oh, so here's the main topic. I'm going to leave that, <laughs> yeah, for you to write and produce. <laughs> okay. Mary wrote in. Now, uh, let's recap last week's show real quick. We talked about the Sabbath. We talked about Colossians 2. We talked about the, uh, and actually this, this uh, the comment on, I believe it was on Colossians 2, or maybe it was on something else, the 613 commandments, I forget. Anyway, one of those comments was by uh, uh, someone who interacts with our show often named Unashamed of Jesus. That's the uh, handle that they use on YouTube. And so they comment on our show often, and and uh, we they have great comments. Um, they disagree with us on a lot of different things. And so that's one of the reasons that we actually talk about their stuff. Um, a lot on our show is because we're trying to show our view of, you know, 
to to kind of hash out those things. Anyway, so with all of that kind of in mind, we talked about the Sabbath, why we believe the covenant obligation is still in act today. I know I'm talking really fast. Let's go to Mary who says this. She says, but when Jesus was put on the cross, Jesus said, it is accomplished. Where do we go from here? And so I think that one of the, and so Unashamed of Jesus is actually going to talk about the same thing. Um, the the question of what does it mean? It, it What is it? It is accomplished. Um, so, um, yeah. Do you want to talk about that real quick while I find a link for Tanner in the chat room? Sure. So we're talking about, I think it's unique to the Gospel of John, if I remember right. Uh, Jesus' words on the cross, right? Right. To tell us thy in, in the Greek, it it is finished. And um, I think that people <laughs> take. I think it's people take it to me. I I don't know what this person says. They think it means. Are, are they asking us to respond to what their opinion is? Well, okay, we just... I'll I'll tell you what. Let let's let's go. Let's move on to uh, unashamed of Jesus because this is actually going to hash out this question quite a bit. So unashamed of Jesus writes in, and, and this is in. Keep in mind, this is in response to what we um what we talked about last week. Unashamed of Jesus says, "Thank you for taking the time on your show to respond to my question about the Sabbath." There you go. In fairness. I would like to respond to some of your responses. And by the way, unashamed of Jesus, in fairness, I'm going to write or I'm going to read your entire email on this show. So I, everyone will be able to hear um, unashamed of Jesus's response so that we can all under get a, a view of both sides of the of the argument. Rob quoted Mark 2, 23 through 28. I think this actually goes against your argument argument that Jesus expects us to keep the Sabbath. Jesus gives an example of David breaking the Torah and eating the showbread, which is now which is not lawful in the Mosaic covenant. However, Jesus didn't condemn David. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, meaning he created the Sabbath, he can also fulfill the Sabbath. Just as he has the authority to condemn David or justify him. Okay, hang on just a sec. I think that there, before we move on, I think that there might be a assumption that fulfill means we don't do it anymore. That's not what fulfill means. It means to complete, to make complete. So just because something is complete doesn't mean that it's done away with or gone, gone away. The, even if, even if you would say that, that the Sabbath is fulfilled in Christ, which I would agree, the Sabbath is fulfilled in Christ. We find our rest in Yeshua, right? We I mean, find look at Paul. You could quote Paul. Paul in Galatians six says, um, "Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ, the Torah of, of the Messiah." Or in Romans, is it Romans thirteen? What all these commandments? Love is the fulfilling of the law, right? Do I just love one day and then I'm done because it's fulfilled? Oh, I fulfilled, <laughs> I fulfilled that commandment. I don't need to love God anymore. I don't need to love my neighbor. Yeah, I mean, the the notion that that you can interchange fulfilled and abolish is is not correct. It's not correct. So, and we'll talk more about this word fulfilled. Let's keep going with unashamed of Jesus and their email. Jesus rose on the first day, the Lord's day, fulfilling the Sabbath. I'm not sure how that fulfills the Sabbath. That's an, that is a that reflects an interpretation history that he's yes. anchored in. That that's not a given, right? That's a he would have to establish. And uh, if Jesus was expecting them to keep the Sabbath, this would have been excellent an excellent time to address this. Well, maybe when it says it is it is a covenant. When, when would have been when he rose from the dead? It, how's about when when he says it is a covenant between me and my people? forever forever that would be perhaps i mean why would you address something that's already been said well and how many times does jesus go into the synagogue on the sabbath day and teach right and when people say you shouldn't be doing what you're doing on the sabbath you shouldn't heal the woman's hand you shouldn't uh heal the cripple yes but perhaps okay i know where you're going with this how come he doesn't say 
the Sabbath is done away. You guys keep keeping the Sabbath, and you shouldn't be anymore because God doesn't want that. I'm not going to speak for unashamed of Jesus here, but I think that uh, what many people would say is that was before Christ died on the cross. My grandma had this argument. No, but but Matthew two or Mark two is before Jesus died on the cross. You no, know, that's the point. Is that it was before he died on the cross. And, and I think what the common argument here is, is that once he died on the cross, the Sabbath was done away with. No, but the Mark 2 argument that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, therefore he can either judge oh, yeah, or yeah. vindicate Good David, point. that's way before the cross. I missed it. Good point. Yeah, that is So these excellent. seem like, it, it seems like he, it's almost like you're throwing different ideas at the wall to see what sticks, and it's not yeah, exactly. clear, it's okay. not precise. So I, I would... I would desire greater clarity or so the so the idea accuracy. that he says the Yeshua is Lord of the Sabbath was was uh said before he Did died. Did that on the, get was that done away? Was Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath done away with his cross on the cross? Yeah, was is it on no, the cross or was it at Mark two when he says that he's Lord of the Sabbath? Yeah, and That's a great after point. he died, is he no longer Lord of the Sabbath? Oh, because the Sabbath is done away with. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it it's it, yeah, that's uh there's a lot of Okay, let's keep going. If Jesus was expecting them to keep the Sabbath, this would have been a And oh, here's now. another one. Why in, in is it Matthew 25 or 24, 25 when he says when he's talking about Jerusalem and the siege of Jerusalem, he says pray that it's not on the Sabbath. Yeah, exactly. Why? Yeah, exactly. Why the Sabbath is going to be done away with when yeah. that happens. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh they, they go on. The Sabbath is not moral, a moral issue but was a sign of the Mosaic Covenant. I would strongly... That's another, that's, that, another, that sounds like another someone else's soundbite. Right. That, does, that doesn't sound like an original idea. That sounds like something that was read in a book or heard Ex- by... Well, he, he, he quotes, or he references Exodus 31, 12 through 13. Yeah, it is a sign of the covenant. It's also a sign of creation, and it's a sign of the Exodus. But saying that it's not a moral commandment... Yeah, exactly. Is, is, ...it reflects the same trajectory interpretive trajectory that that he has inherited from someone else that idea is so i've heard that so many times that's not your original idea well and not only that but the the fact of the matter is is that the the death penalty was prescribed for the sabbath and you 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 were obligated to let your your whole home rest right yeah which means that even the animals even the animals are resting to a degree because you're not using your you're not you're not working your animals. My father you're is feeding them. You're taking care of them, but you're not. You're not working them. <laughs> Elizabeth says obeying God is a moral issue. Period. Yeah, exactly. It is a moral issue. Um, and actually, hang on just a second. I want to stop real quick. Truth hurts. Says his earthly ministry was accomplished. I would disagree with that. And I would disagree with that because of well, we'll get to this passage, but in Acts, they it seems that that uh, they extend the but they yeah it's it's extended his he, ministry he, it says that he he uh that heaven had to receive him until so anyway okay let's keep going with uh, unashamed of jesus you quoted matthew 5 17 through 18 he's referring to me here i believe when he says you now first jesus said that he has fulfilled the law do not think that i came to destroy the law or the prophets i did not come to destroy but to fulfill Every English translation states fulfill. That is correct. I know this is not how you interpret it, but I, but, but this is how I read it. How, okay, I, I, this is one of my pet peeves when people tell me how I interpret things. Anyway, or when people say, I know what you're going to say, because 90% of the time, they don't know what I'm going to say. Anyway, so um, I do interpret it that he has fulfilled the law. Rukhajem. Yeah. He certainly has fulfilled the law. We, we, other, right? We, it had to happen. If that, if not, he was a sinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but but the point, point that's interesting to say. Here, here's another point. That's a, in a way though, that's fighting words in the first century for a for a, a religious Jew to say, "I've come to fulfill the Torah." That means there. That's a claim that I'm the Messiah. Right, yeah, that I am the son of God. But but I think I think I would disagree if you're if you're attempting to say that fulfill means done away with, or that we don't have to keep it anymore. Fulfill yeah, does that, not mean abolish. He, right, exactly. It can't mean. It <laughs> has to mean something other than abolish. Yeah. So he says, till all is fulfilled, this was all accomplished at the cross when Jesus said it is finished. It, no, 
this is a huge mis, uh, misstep. Right, here. and what you're trying to do, you're trying to take Yeshua's words on the cross only in John and mix it with Matthew 5. Right. And well, that's, that's you're, you're reading, you're trying to read John and Matthew, and you cut, you're reading them against each other. Here's the thing is that let's 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 take this to its logical conclusion for a few seconds. If all is fulfilled, then that means that uh, unashamed of Jesus believes that all nations have gone to uh, Jerusalem to uh, celebrate Sukkot as Yeshua is reigning from the throne. If unashamed of Jesus is correct, and then he must believe that Ezekiel's third, fourth, however you want to reckon it, temple has already been built. And if unashamed of Jesus is uh, correct, then Armageddon has already happened. All prophecy has been fulfilled. So is this the uh, is this the 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 stance that unashamed of Jesus is now taking because he says that all is fulfilled? Not even the scriptures agree with you. And this goes back to truth hurts in the in the uh, in, in what was said by truth hurts in the. In the chat room, Acts 3.21, whom, and talking about Yeshua here, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So is that fulfilled? Has heaven received him and now he has come back and restored all things? Is the idea, is the idea this, let me describe, to see if this is the idea. Caleb, are you hearing it? This is the idea. I'll say this is the idea one more time, that God's people had a certain set of obligations on them as commandments from the commander. And then Jesus came and it, it, it quote, fulfilled them. And so everything's fulfilled. And then now, or for the last 2,000 years, God's people has a has a different set of obligations that are imagined as moral obligations, different than what was before. Is that kind of the model? Is that? I mean, I guess so. I to be honest with you, what, here's the thing: is that maybe it's because I've grown up understanding covenant obligation differently. But to me, I think that it is. I think it is extremely difficult. I don't understand how you can say that some laws are still applicable and others are not. In other words, I don't see how you can say, oh, well, the this section of the Torah is done away with. I, I've never been able to, to reckon that. In fact, uh, back when I was in my in my early 20s, I had a discussion with some some gentlemen who were going to seminary, and I called it the messianic problem. And they said, I don't understand what you're talking about. And I said, the messianic problem that is raised when we say that, you know, basically Christ did away with certain aspects of the law. So I, I've never been able to reconcile this within my mind. By the way, Evelyn, great, great, great point. She says, would you see, use fulfilled the same way in Galatians 6.2, bearing one another's burdens, burden and therefore fulfilling or abolishing the law of Christ, doing away with? Like, now we don't have to do... If we fulfill right. the love of Christ, ongoing. yeah, it's, it's ongoing. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, no, the idea that so, and this comes to the idea of what does Yeshua mean when he says it is finished? It's his his, his physical life. He has offered as a uh, as the unblemished lamb, the his precious life, his soul. Here's here's a thought: <laughs> Yeshua never sinned. Would he have died? Yes. Because would Yeshua have would Yeshua have died? Because there's sin he, in the world, though, right? I mean, he, he was still. Right, in well, he, that's the point. The crucifixion, the the crucifixion of Yeshua is a reflection of the sin of the world, not not of his own deservedness. I mean, I think that this is Yeshua. Getting, Yeshua could have lived for literally lived forever. In other words, because what because the Torah had no there was no condemnation of him just. There was no just death sentence for Yeshua. So in, in so before the Torah, the only thing Yeshua had to receive was life and blessing. 
Okay, I agree with you, but at the same time, Yeshua, when he came in the form of a man, and Philippians 2 seems to allude to this, because he had, he lowered himself. In other words, so if we think of the garden, okay, and Adam and Eve in covenant relationship with God, when when sin comes into the world, the death that takes place on that day, on the day you eat of it, you shall surely die, is separation from God. That means separation in in terms of being fully like no longer in covenant relationship with God, correct? Are we on the same page so far? So, I mean, Yeshua's clearly in covenant relationship with God no matter what, even though he is separated, he's not in the Garden of Eden. So there is a separation in terms of that form of of union, right? I mean, that's how he lowered himself, was to come not in that union, not in the perfect fulfillment, like the perfect... I don't, I, it's hard because it, he's obviously, Yeshua is obviously different than man. Yeshua is different than Adam and Eve because he is yod heh vav Well, he has no sin. Exactly. I mean, that's the... the but did Adam of, and Eve have sin before they, before they ate of the fruit? There's still a difference between Yeshua and Adam before Adam sinned. And that difference is deity. Adam was never God. He could never create from nothing. He he was not exist eternally existent. Yeshua is, right? So, but the the point back to the point. What does it mean? It is finished. Yeah, okay, means he you. he has offered, he has offered his perfect life, right, as a man, for for his chosen, for the elect, for the elect. Exactly. Right. In other words, the the accomplishment of of the purchasing of of the elect is this complete now you could say well he hadn't technically died yet and been buried and ascended and um you know entered into the the temple above but I, so even there you have to grant that right what he's talking about is the the so when the person says his earthly ministry if you meant that, then I would say, okay, it's his earthly ministry. But, but even um, then, but even then, his earthly ministry, like the ministry itself, yeah, okay. Because when, and maybe this is what um, Truth Hurts was actually getting to in the in the chat room. When he comes back, he will come back still as a man, right? He's always well, he's, going. He's a man, right? I mean, yeah, he, exactly. He still has wounds. Yeah, ex- and will forever. And but the point is, is that when he comes back, he's not coming back to bring people, you know, bring the lost sheep of Israel to himself. He's coming with a sword. Right. In other words, it seems to me, and I could be wrong on this because once again, I, I, my, my understanding of eschatological things might be, uh, you know, might need some tweaking. But in my understanding, Israel has come. At least the majority. Just ask me, brother. I know the eschatology uh, okay, okay. perfectly. <laughs> that, that Israel has already come to the come come to faith. Right. They call out to to Yeshua and say, "Lord, Lord," and yeah, this yeah. is when He shows up. He shows up with a two-edged sword. In other words, they've turned to Christ now. And this is when he shows up and says, All right. All right. Are, are you messing with my kid? It's like the time when Ben, my eight-year-old now, was like two years old, and we were and we were at the there was a slide, and the other kid like behind him pushed him off the off the slide. You know? It's like I know you're. I know you're four years old. You did not just do that. But I am about to wreck you, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where's your parent? <laughs> anyway, um, the point is, is that when Yeshua comes back, he comes back with a sword, and he's still. This is still part of his his work on earth, right? To overthrow Israel's enemies. This is well. Here's here's another back to the idea of the Tetelestai and and the Sabbath. Would is the idea that he didn't instruct his disciples this way because the very first thing after he dies, they, they bury him. And then it says the women went and, and rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Right. Did he not, was he going to spring it on them later? (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like with Peter and it's like in acts 10, he's like, I've never eaten anything unclean. It's like, well, Peter, I was with you for how many years? Right. Don't you know? Right. Is he going to spring? You know, 
the the verses that are that it's it seems to me the verses that a lot of Christianity thinks are in the Bible are not are they all they all got together and had a, a pork pork roast celebrating that they could eat pork yeah. now or and they all uh, you know saw that there was that the the old Sabbath days of Israel will never to be and and from here on out we're gonna just uh, pick a different day or whatever. It's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, once again, Evelyn for the win, but we see the Sabbath observe observance in the millennial, in the millennium. If it's abolished, why the prophecy? Why, right. why and the we prophecy? don't know. And here's the, the one the people will say, Oh, revelation one says it's, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And they're going to say, Oh, that was Sunday. We, that that cannot be established. the The idea of the Kuriakon or whatever it's called, it, that's later church fathers used that word for Sunday. Well, even then, even if it mean, even if he does but, mean Sunday, but, so what? It doesn't say. And the Sabbath was changed to that day. Therefore, I was worshiping on. <laughs> I mean, once again, you know, uh, verses that James White wishes was in the Bible, but are not. You know, this is the verse that James White always goes to to say that the right. Sabbath has been changed. What what is not present in that in that text is and uh, and God and therefore God changed the Sabbath to Sunday, right? And it's even and that's even if that's just if you grant that it means Sunday. And I I'm not even I don't think it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, my dad has argued that that uh, that just mean that's like uh, another uh, version of. The day of the Lord. It's an it's a vision of the eschaton. Exactly. That's what the whole book of Revelation is. It's a it's a a yeah. I mean, it's a it's an incredible vision that is that's meaning is not in taking this word and saying, oh, this was Sunday, and they were worshiping on Sunday. I mean, right. he's in John's in exile, and yeah. Yeah, so. you really have to practice a lot of eisegesis to say that that shows that the the uh, Sabbath has been changed to Sunday. That that verse, has, anyway. Jesus in the uh, chat room says, Caleb, can you explain a little on quote the elect? Is this like Calvinist sees it as? Yes, I believe that I believe that John, the Book of John, along with the entire Torah, uh, uh, talks about the fact that God chooses His elect. And that uh, the elect individually, not as a nation, but individually, were given to Yeshua before the foundations of the world. And that uh, he therefore lowered himself to come and, and save those who are the elect. Okay, um, let's keep going. This is the last part of Unashamed of Jesus's email. Uh, and he says, last point. I know you're going to say, oh man, this is my, this is my pet peeve. I can't, I can't stand it when people say this last point. I know you're going to say that I don't follow the law and live in sin. Okay. First of all, that means you don't listen to this show very well. Um, that's not what I say about Christians. That's not what I say about people who think the Sabbath has been done away with. I say that people who believe this, uh, do keep the law sometimes much better than those who claim to keep the law in, in movements like the Hebrew roots movement or the messianic movement. Um, in fact, I think that, uh, Christian, the many, uh, sects of Christianity have actually loved their neighbor as themselves far better than those who have, uh, claimed to keep Torah. Um, I think that uh, mainstream Christianity has done a fantastic job of keeping exactly, and you know why? Is laws. because this is the this is the discernment that needs to be made. Is because they're not they don't look at their obedience to God as a badge of badge of recognition or a badge of honor. Exactly in the in the Hebrew roots, we're going, oh well, we keep the the feasts of the Lord, or we and they and then everything gets advertised around that. And then it be, and that's a well, and the, but it's it's the same narrow path that if if people are going to use outside celebration to cover up, mm-hmm. so they don't have to their heart issues don't have to be exposed. But but you're going to find that even in mainstream Christianity, the oh, people who go to yeah. they go to church on Christmas and Easter, and it's like oh I go because I love the candlelight in the 
and the the hymns and stuff like that. Or even the people who go every Sunday, but I call them Sunday Christians. In other words, we're Christian on Sunday, and that's it. During the week, no no big deal. So the idea of, of the badge of honor Christian right. Right. is the problem. And it doesn't matter if you're in the Messianic world or at a Sunday-keeping church. It's are you do you understand that the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart and right. all your soul and your strength? Because if 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 you're doing anything other than that, then it's it the house is not going to stand. But yeah, right? and, and and the I'm Sabbath my metaphors. Look, here. the Sabbath and and the festivals are not the whole of Torah. I know that a lot of people think they are, but they're not. No. They're actually they're all they're actually the light things. They're not the heavy right. things. And, and the those, heavy things are love of God, justice, love of your neighbor, right? Yes. Yeshua says, oh, you you tithe, you know, you're so diligent on your tithing. And he says, you, and, and, but you've neglected the weightiest matters of the Torah. And he says, you should do the heavy things and not leave the light things undone. It means you still do the light things. Yeah. It's a coherent life. The li- life in the blessed covenant blessing is coherent. It's not dysfunctional it's not disjointed it's not contorted it's not like twister it's not like we're playing twister with the scriptures well and that's the other thing is that that the idea that uh that i would say that you're not keeping the law and that you live in sin i've said on this show many times that jeff durbin who i hold as a brother he keeps a lot of the law probably more than me. I hold him as a dear brother in the Lord, even though we disagree. He does not say that the, that the Passover has been done away with. He does not say that, that the Sabbath has been done away with. He believes in a different application of the law, as many Christians do. So there is a difference between people who say, I mean, people who read Matthew 5.17 and are believers usually will not say, oh, the law has been abolished. Why? Because Yeshua says, I did not come to abolish the law. What they will say is there's a different application or this law has been fulfilled. So to unashamed of Jesus, this is not what I think of you. And this is not what I would say. I would not, not at say, all. Uh, first of all, we're not even, <laughs> we're not in local community with each other. Exactly. So we can't even speak about each other's life. That's a visible, you know, that's visual in terms of fruit inspection kind of thing. And it's not our job to right. just, Yeah. We take. I, I think you take. If someone says they're a believer in Yeshua, you believe them, unless unless they're unless they give you plenty of reasons, <laughs> you know, right. why they're not. So going on, unashamed of Jesus says, as you guys stated repeatedly, in order to become saved, we have to become born again. Well, yeah, the scriptures say that. Drawn by the Holy Spirit to Christ. The law is written on our hearts. I'm fully on board with all of this. We live under grace, not the law. Exactly. It's not a license to sin. It's a freedom given to us by Christ that no man should boast. I'm not sure what it means. I mean, just because I am free (laughs) to love my wife, just because, I mean, that doesn't mean that I go cheat on her. Obviously, unashamed of Jesus, I think would say we're, you know, we still keep the Torah, we still don't murder. We don't commit adultery. We, you know, do are we still commanded to keep the the ten commandments or the nine commandments in one suggestion? Are we still commanded to uh, love our neighbor? Are we still commanded to not, uh, you know, not speak falsehood or to slander or to gossip or any of these things? I I think that most Christians today would say, yeah, we still keep those laws. So does that mean that you're not under grace? Because you still have, because you're not allowed to go, you know, because Jeffrey Dahmer is not, you know, you're not allowed to be a Jeffrey Dahmer. No, of course not. That does. That's not what under grace means. We are under grace because we are not. We are not held to the penalty of the law. In other words, I am not going to be separated for all eternity from from Christ because I've sinned. The penalty of the law has been lifted. I am under grace. That doesn't mean I, I go and murder people. It doesn't mean I go and commit adultery. It doesn't mean, I mean, so the idea that all of a sudden uh, living under grace means I get to pick and choose what laws I'm going to keep and not keep, I don't buy that. That's not how I read the scriptures, and I don't think that it's how most Christians read the scriptures for the most part. I think that there are a couple of laws that Christians look at and say, I don't want to keep these. Why, I don't know. 
but you know, the Sabbath is a perfect example. Why you wouldn't want to keep the Sabbath is beyond me. But with that said, um, you know, there are all these gymnastics that have to be done to say, oh, we don't have to keep that law. But all the rest of them, yeah, we're going to keep. And those laws come down to three laws. I heard someone told me, <laughs> I hadn't heard it for a while, but they're like talking about the prosperity gospel and they use tithing. The tithing's the one law that's not done away or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ask Have your you heard pa- that before? Yeah, yeah, ask your pastor if tithing has been done away with. And and then, you know, no, you, you need to give it to the church, right? But the point the point here is is that we have three laws that the Christian church has basically four laws that the Christian church has basically wanted to do away with, even though they still practice one. And those are the Sabbath, the kosher laws, the festivals, and circumcision. Yet I would say that ninety to ninety five percent of Christians in the Christian church, at least in America today, still circumcise their boys even though it's been quote-unquote done away with. And some people will tell you, ah, we do that for medical reasons or whatever, but nonetheless, you still do it, right? So the point is, is that out of all of those, four laws basically are the ones that the Christians, the mainstream Christian church wants to say have been done away with. Ironically, all of those are the ones that, uh, that involved the Fiscus Judaicus in the first and second century. It was the way that that uh, believe or that Jews were identified and persecuted horrifically. And, and now, don't get me wrong; the Christians were also persecuted horrifically in the second century. So, and I'm, in the first, and, and in the first, I'm not negating that. But once the second revolt happens, Rome is not having it. So. I mean, it's ironic that all of a sudden these four laws that uh, that were basically the way to identify a Jew. And we see this in the church fathers too, right? Stop keeping the festivals like the Jews. You know, they, they keep the Sabbath, they keep the festivals. This starts very early. I think, I don't know if it comes from genuine anti-Semitism in the church or if it comes from genuinely not wanting to you know, I think that some of it is an anti-Semitism, but not in we hate a race. It's more these people killed Christ, and we see this all the way through Acts, and and uh, you know these people continue to reject Christ, and therefore they are of Satan. They are of their father Satan. So I don't think it's necessarily an anti-Semitism like we hate Jewish people because they're because of their bloodline. I think it's more these people won't accept Christ, and so we hate them. I'm not saying that's right. That is not right in any way, shape, or form. All I'm saying is that we see this 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 hatred of the Jews start real early in the church. And to separate from Judaism, there are things that they that the Christian church wants to do differently. Getting rid of the Sabbath and the festivals and the kosher laws and circumcision are what they basically heave out. And they can do that with a twisting of Paul. Oh man, where's my my sound clip? And with and with a twist of a word, right? Everything changes. I don't even remember who said that. It was so yeah. it was so funny at the time. I don't even, I don't I don't know. Anyway, so when we look at history, and we look at how all this stuff came to be, I mean, the fact that the church the at large the 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 mainstream Christian church today is still trying to hold this up is interesting. What's also interesting is that we have in droves, whether or not the Hebrew roots movement and the messianic movement are, are going to stick around or not. What has happened is believers in general through these movements have said, Oh my word, there's things that we've missed and the Lord will use that. The Lord is using that. People are starting to say, no, I'm, you know, I want to keep these things. And ultimately, remember last week or the week before I said Judaism sees this differently. If you have, a t- like, the more laws God gives you, the more he loves you in Judaism. In Christianity, the more laws God gives you, the more he hates you. But in Judaism, it's, you know, it's like, my son, just last Friday, we lit candles to enter the in the Shabbat. We do that to mark the beginning of Shabbat. It's just a tradition, but my family does that to mark the beginning. And my youngest son, who's what, 16 months, 17 months, kept trying to reach for the fire. 
right? He keeps wanting to t grab that candle, the top of that candle. Now, what, what do you think I did as a father? Say, yeah, go ahead. I love you, so go ahead and touch that fire. No, of course not. As a father, I say, don't touch it. It's hot. So does that mean I don't love my child because I've put a, a rule on him? I've put a law on him? No, of course not. And this is how Judaism has always seen the laws of God, is that God loves us and therefore he gives us commandments and laws. Christianity has flipped that for some reason. And actually, when I, when I uh, am able to stop on the, on the Sabbath, when I'm able to be with my family and my community, read the word of God, pray together, read scripture, you know, all these kind of things, I think to myself, what exactly about this is a burden? God gives me a day off where I can focus on him and worship him, and, this, and, I, and I'm supposed to not want to do this? It's asinine. It makes zero sense, and it's not supported by scripture. All right. I'm done ranting. Uh, well, I'm, we, I'm reminded in Isaiah where it says, if you call the Sabbath a delight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the Lord talking to us, to his people. So if the Sabbath, it, it, why is that still, why, why would he say that? Is it still a delight or did? Right? Yeah. Is it no longer a delight? Do we not have to do his delight now? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, here's what I, here's one thing I do want to say. I am honestly very grateful for Unashamed of Jesus and the work that he has put into writing back and forth with us. Uh, we usually answer his emails on this show. Um, I don't want Unashamed of Jesus, you know, at the end of his email, it sounds like he's, he said, he's basically saying, you guys think I'm a heretic. That's not what I think. I would, from what I've seen, I only think I've met this person via email. And so um, I, I don't think you can get a good uh, gauge of a person's character or a person at all through email. And so I assume that this brother in the Lord is just that. He is what he says he is, which is a brother in the Lord. I have no reason to think otherwise. And so I hold this person. I fully hold this person as a brother in the Lord. And I, I don't want to come across as just slamming this person because that's not... Um, what what we're trying to do. Um, however, what the, what Unashamed of Jesus has done has has opened up a, a really good ability to talk about these things because it shows the perspective, uh, the opposite perspective from Rob and myself, and that's good because it allows us to respond to to to, uh, to that perspective. So I am honestly very grateful for everyone who writes in, including the people that disagree with us. And I welcome anyone to continue to, whether it's Unashamed of Jesus or someone else, um, you, please feel free to write in and uh, disagree with us all you want. You can also uh, call our comment line. Hang on, let me bring it up on the screen for you. you can also call our comment line, 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. You won't talk to us. You will talk to an answering machine. So you can say whatever you want. Um, you can also write us emails, as I've already said, chagatorahresource.com. It's chagatorahresource.com. Right now, there is a sale going on at Torah Resource. If you want uh, hard copy books from Torah Resource, um, then you can go and purchase them. I believe the discount is 25% off. So it's a good size discount, especially if you buy more than one thing, because if you buy more than one, or if you buy one thing, it basically covers shipping and maybe a little bit more. If you buy multiple things, uh, you're getting a good discount. However, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you would like to purchase digital things from Tor Resource, wait until Friday uh, through Monday. So Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And that weekend is going to be 40% off all digital stuff. Um, so save your shekels, get ready. And on Friday, run over to TorahResource.com and pick up uh, whatever you want. All right. Well, we uh, have an entire page of comments and emails and whatnot that we have not gotten to. And uh, so if you have written to us, uh, there are some great ones. Moises wrote in and uh, asked about Tua or basically blasted us about Tua House theology. I'd like to talk about that. 
Jeremiah uses the word fringianics and asks if people are heretics. Can't wait to talk about that. Joshua writes in, yeah, asks about 613 commandments. Um, we got a lot of different things to cover. And uh, if we haven't made it to your comment yet, then I apologize. We will try to make it to it another time. I hope that everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Rob, do you want to say anything else before we uh, before we get going? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Enjoy it. And uh, we hope that this conversation has done at least one thing. You know what it is? To glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah. Why? Because Messiah matters. Thank you.